Coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Reparations, money, labor, goods, services, etc. used to repair a wrong or an injury. Anything done to make up for a crime against the individual or a nation. That's reparations, brother. One thing I love about consolidation, because a question or argument that's always up in the air is who gets it and who's eligible. And just on the labor alone, back then, more than 30 years ago, when this book was published, he said back then they owed us four point three trillion dollars just in labor alone, not punitive measures, not compensatory measures, just for the wages that they should have paid us. Dr. King said back in the, probably 1963 that we need at least $50 billion. Dr. King is clear on the reparations question. There are black people right now saying that they're with Dr. King and uh, they ain't for reparations. Sure, the Senate and the House of Representatives passed a bill for the remaining Holocaust survivors right here in the United States to get uh, $13 million in reparations. And so- President Obama signed off of it. To you and your audience, if... What we're attempting to do is consolidate the movement now, and then by August, we'll have a declaration spelling what reparations look like. And if Joe Biden, a, a black politician, refuses to sign off on that, on that, on that declaration on reparations, tell him to go to hell, to be honest with you. And how you know people, black people suffer from caucophobia? If the inability to correct them, critique them, criticize them, or tell them to go to hell. The only thing that would transform our people, and I'm, I'm serious about this, the only thing that would transform the lives of our people, we've tried everything we, we wanted to try. We done prayed, marched, saying, waiting. Operation Breadbasket, oh, we done shot to work for them, we done did all we, of this. We, we've done all of that. But the only thing that would transform our people, brother, economically, politically, socially, educationally, and culturally, Reparation. is reparations. That's how you repair the damage, brother. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if it'll work for everybody else, why does it not work for the black man and woman? Ready? Born ready. What's up, family? It's your boy Eldridge, and you are tuning into the Just Eldridge podcast. Uh, as promised, we said we we're going to have a detailed conversation about reparation. Um, shout out to the young warriors, everybody, everybody that's in the streets right now going really hard. And you're starting to see a lot of organization come together. You're starting to see people begin to ask for certain demands. And one demand that I have been saying on this podcast for a while is we should be asking for reparations now. And I say that knowing that I want that. But sometimes even when you want something, you got to know exactly what you want and how you can get it. So uh, like I always tell you, all I don't have all the answers. But when I don't, I bring someone it has a lot of the answers that we're looking for. So I'm super excited about this person I'm bringing on. Um, I first met this brother, man, it's, it's been some years now. Yeah, probably it's, seven, eight years. Yeah, probably about seven yeah. years again. One of the brothers that was brought into my life through my Let Us Make Man family. Yes, sir. Um, working very closely with attorney Malvoli Davis at his uh, law practice. And um, the brother was just humble. And I didn't know how big of a deal he was. Until later on, just having different conversations with brother like Parham, Derek Bozeman. And, you know, you just always been a knowledgeable brother, wise brother. But when I found out you are nationwide on the education of reparation for our people. So I'm super excited just for to share who you are and introduce and just have this conversation. Well, brother, I'm sitting honored and humble. 
But the uh, only thing I can claim, brother, Elby, I'm a student working hard to become a better student. That's all I can I can claim, brother. And it's been uh, nearly 28 years in the movement for reparations for our people. Well, as I said, humbleness is uh, truly a prerequisite for uh, someone being great. And that's what you are. So ladies, and, so, ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause to my brother, my good friend, Brother Reginald Muhammad. Hey, so right now there's hand claps going on. You can't hear it. But, um, thank you, uh, Brother Eldridge, and thank you for your entire crew. And, Brother, and thank you again for all the work that I know you have been doing consistently. And I've seen you on the ground, uh, Brother, in many different uh, ways uh, with Let Us Make Man, uh, just being in the streets, connecting. Uh, one of the things that I know that you have done uh, sincerely, Brother, is that you helped bridge another generation, Brother, of uh, mm-hmm. the younger generation with some of the older, some of the elders like myself. Right, and so we, we're grateful for that, Brother because if we're going to trans, um, transform our people uh, politically, socially, economically, and educationally, we, we have to bridge that gap, brother. And you have been doing that a great work uh, for a number of years on that area. So we, we're grateful and appreciate that. Appreciate it. So uh, let's dive right in. Uh, for the listeners listening, the purpose of this conversation is for us to understand what is reparations and why we deserve it. Okay. And uh, let's just dive right in. So uh, yourself, you said you've been in the movement for 28 years. Talk to us about how you got involved, your teaching, your learning. And I know you're a forever student, but let's talk about the genesis of you joining this movement. Well, um, I'm originally from St. Petersburg, Florida. And um, where I first heard about reparations is 79, 1980. And what's historic about St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, on the south side of St. Pete, where I grew up, and uh, mother and father um, there. My mother still lives there today, and my brother. Well, at the end of the day, there was an organization called All African People Socialist Party. Their base is in St. Petersburg, Florida. First time I ever heard of anything on reparations was there. And so I have to give credit where credit is due. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to live all four corners of the United States, whether it be school, travel, or just working with our people. Mm -hmm. But right there in St. Petersburg, Florida, that's where I learned about the reparations movement. Because every year, for about three or four years straight, they had an international reparations tribunal. International Reparations Tribunal. And that was the first time I heard. And the very first book that I ever read on reparations um, is called Stolen Black Labor. Probably was published in the 80s, sometimes in the 80s. That was the first time that reparations made sense to me. And uh, by that time, I was in Los Angeles, California, teaching at the Marcus Garvey School uh, in Los Angeles, right there on in South Central Los Angeles. And I read the book Stolen Black Labor. And then I remember, wait a minute, the, the tra- International Tribunal was right there in, in St. Petersburg, Florida. What's significant about St. Petersburg, Florida also, brother, that's the, the longest-running uh, revolutionary newspaper called The Burning Spear. That, that's out of St. Petersburg, Florida. And if you talk about the uprisings in the 60s, brother, where people took to the streets, that was in St. Petersburg, Florida. Out of any cities in the, in the Florida where people have black people have stood up and um, demanded their rights, brother, and took to the streets when they had to, was in St. Petersburg, Florida. So I grew up under that under that influence um, so wow so alright so the people that's out there that was if, uh, that was when you found out about it some people this is their first time yes sir really knowing what let's let's have a conversation on that level absolutely for people that don't know what reparations is we hear okay. it yeah where did the concept of reparations come from well reparations um, brother the first 
person to use that uh, as far as a black leader to use the, the term reparations back in 1915. W.E.B. Du Bois talked about what black people were owed. And, and remember, reparations is about repairing the damage. And at least let me give you an audience uh, because hopefully we got a number of you two looking at it for the first time and, and even some of the elders is that let me give you the formal definition for reparations and then we want to get right into it. Is that okay? Yes, sir. Please. Okay. It's your show. Reparations, money, labor, goods, and services used to repair or a wrong or an injury. Anything done to make up for crimes against individuals or a nation. Mm-hmm. That's reparations. And remember, brother, what happened to black people in America more than 400 years ago, we were robbed of our names, our language, our culture, our God, and our land. Never in the annals of history was ever a people. There, there's been slavery before. There's been colonialism. There's neo-colonialism now. But never taken a people more than nine, uh, thousands of miles away from their homeland, brother. And, and again, robbed of their names, their language, their culture, and their God. And then by 1863, they say you're free. Free to do what? You're free to go where? Against the law for you to marry. Against the law for you to read or have an education. So they freed our people, brother. But uh, the 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 what was key, uh, key and critical with this is that they left us with nothing. And so at the end of the day, our people, uh, you heard the demands over the last 10, 15 years for reparations. And so they owe us reparations, brother. Right. And because what happened during that slavery period, and not just about slavery, the reason they owe us reparations, I'm going to give you, hopefully, before we finish this interview, I'm going to look at it historically and then contemporarily and show you why conclusively uh, we have the best case for reparations as a people. And again, uh, brother elders, think about this. You take a people and rob them of everything. But what's significant about capitalism you don't have capitalism in the United States unless you have free, free labor. Millions of people working for, from KNC morning to KNC night for over 310 years. They worked us with no pay. And I, the book that I mentioned to you, Stolen Black Labor, well, he what he does is uh, Chairman O'Malley, yes, tell he's able to uh, quantify and just on the labor alone. Back then, more than 30 years ago when this book was published, he said back then they owed us $4.3 trillion just in labor alone, not punitive measures, not compensatory measures, just for the wages that they should have paid us. That That's $4.13 trillion. And what's significant about what black people, the uh, reason they owe us reparations too, brother, is that you don't have the banking institution in America. Right. You don't have the insurance industry, shipbuilding. The Industrial Revolution, all that rest off the backs of black women black and men. People. So, first of all, this is exactly what I wanted this conversation to be. You're bringing exactly what I wanted to bring. Um, let's talk about this. So, going back to your definition, definition, reparation is righting a wrong to a nation. Absolutely. Historically, who has gotten reparations from America? Brother, um, if you look at it, and they sometimes they don't call it reparations, brother. And uh, but they they've gotten reparations. Let's look at the uh, the native people who were, who were wiped out. They've received reparations a number of times in the United States. The Jewish people have received reparations for, from the United States right here in America. Right. And and think about and then to show to your audience that reparations will work. Remember, after World War II, um, there's parts of Germany, West Germany especially, at least 16 countries that were devastated. The infrastructure is gone. Poverty is there, uh, unemployment, the infrastructure is destroyed and everything else. And through the Marshall Plan, they rebuilt uh, re- re- rebuilt that, that part of West Germany. And it's one of the thriving economies today. Right. 
reparations work. But the Japanese got reparations here in America. The Jewish people got reparations. The Native America, the black man and the woman in America are the only ones that they have not seriously thought about giving reparations to. Do you know some of the numbers that they got? Money? Yes, sir. Let me make sure that I, 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 uh, because Dorothy Benton Lewis and her great work. uh, Let me tell you. Let's see. The Japanese Americans, brother, they got $1.2 billion. The Australians, um, $25 million, Holocaust survivors. Um, the Ottawa's of Michigan, $32 million. That was in the 1836 treaty with the United States. $31 million, the Chippewa Indians. $12.3 million, the Seminoles of Florida. $1.5 million, the Sioux Indians of uh, South Dakota. The one, uh, 81 million, uh, clan math of Oregon. The Alaskan, uh, native settlement, land settlement, 1 billion, 44 million dollars and 44 million acres. And then two, brother Eldridge, now they're, 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 uh, they're Negro politicians and white politicians will tell you, America don't pay, we don't do no reparations. So, brother, these, this is a list of those who pay. And then in 2015, brother, uh, Joe Biden, who's running for president, says he'd be damned if he, he, he would take responsibility for what his ancestors did or, uh, regarding paying reparations to blacks. But do you know, brother, that he has paid, he has supported legislation for over 250 million in, in reparations. And then before he leaves office as the vice president of the United States, he personally made sure the Senate and the House of Representatives passed the bill for the remaining Holocaust survivors right here in the United States to get uh, $13 million in reparations. And so, President Obama signed off of it. So now you're stepping on toe. <laughs> uh, on this podcast, we are all about speaking the truth. Oh, yeah, we got to We got yeah. we And we speak, speak truth, truth to power. power. And, Absolutely. And so I'm glad you brought up Joe Nay. So he recently came out. And said that he would look. I because I've been sending you stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All, all absolutely. week oh, that absolutely. I want to address. Yes, sir. So based off what you've seen Biden say then, yeah, and what he's saying now, yeah, absolutely. What are your thoughts? And what I didn't like about it, he said he's looking. To, he's open to looking at a study absolutely. of African Americans and Native Americans. Like why did he combine the two in that? Well, he's being politi- politically expedient. I wrote an article about two months ago uh, exposing Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders because he's hypocritical when it comes to reparations. And again, because nobody respects the black man and woman. And again, so now it's becoming politically expedient and it's a hot topic now. He said he'll study reparations. See, that's a lie, brother, and that's just being deceitful. He said, I'll study it. See, he ain't signed off on that. And that means, okay, I'll study it. That's all I, I ever promised you all. Right. But at the end of the day, though, brother, uh, brother Eldridge, to you and your audience if what we're attempting to do is consolidate the movement now and then by August we'll have a declaration spelling what reparations look like and if Joe Biden a, a black politician refuses to sign off on that on that on that declaration on reparations tell them to go to hell to be honest with you I agree with you 1000 because at the end of the day uh, brother the only thing that would transform our people and I'm, I'm serious about this the only thing that would transform the lives of our people we've tried everything we, we wanted to try we done prayed March saying Waiting. Operation bread basket. Oh, we done tried to work for them. We done did all of we, this. We've done all of that. But the only thing that would transform our people, brother, economically, politically, socially, educationally, and culturally, reparations. is reparations. That's how you repair the damage, brother. Mm-hmm. And if it if it'll work for everybody else, why does it not work for the black man and woman? 
And what I don't understand is people that actually black people that shoot it down. Is I just for the life of me, that's the one thing I don't understand when black people look at reparations brother, and they not for it. Well, brother, in in my in my humble opinion, and I'll say it from the mountain, and I see it to anybody that walked through that door. Black or white, black people that you find that don't find that don't support reparations, brother. Generally, it's two reasons: ignorance and fearful what the white response is. That's generally the only reason that they don't support reparations. Because them same Negroes have supported reparations for everybody else, right? But why you won't support reparations for people, your own people? Because we don't have that self. We're not self-respecting, self-determining. And we don't have that love for self to the degree. But if, if you agree, black legislators who who haven't even supported H.R. 40, the Conyers bill, now Sheila Jackson Lee's uh, bill in, in Congress on reparations, black elected officials who have not supported their brother, because at the end of the day, brother, they weren't worried about what white people would think and what they was, their response is. And that's generally why you, if I question them long enough, brother, right. I'll, uh, I'm telling you, brother, brother Eldridge, we've been doing this for so long, I will expose them. Either they're ignorant about reparations or, again, their fear. Now, one thing, uh, Attorney Mallory Davis, he put out a quote on reparation. He said, at the root of police brutality is white supremacy, which America has never confronted. To kill a weed, you tear it up from its roots. The root of our enslavement our demand must be a comprehensive reparation package. Anything else is simply trimming the weed. Absolutely. Reparation now. With that being said, what does a comprehensive plan of reparation look like? I agree with that, brother, with Attorney Maoli Davis, one of the best minds to be found, brother, and, right. and, and genuine in the movement. Right. Um, and that's how brother Maoli and I met uh, 20 years ago Cobra. in the reparation, reparations movement in Cobra. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um Brother, um, at the, what was the question? So, like, what does a comprehensive plan look like? Because a okay. lot of people be like, oh, is it just a is reparation a cash payout? Is it education? Is it like what? It's in, all, in, of, all of what you just said. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's one reason, brother, we're doing the International Reparations uh, Summit. In August, can you and, uh, promote that to the people? Yeah, and what we what we attempting to do, brother, and what we are going to do is that I'm inviting. Everybody who's ever talked about reparations, brother, because if you ask a hundred different black organizations what reparation, you get a hundred different answers. See, this is how the white man know and the white and not just the white man, but the white ruling class who has to decide on reparations for black people. This is how they know we're not ready, brother, because they go to one group over here, one group over there and they get a hundred different answers on reparations. Right. So what Maoli was talking about and what I've been saying consistently is that we have to consolidate the movement. Yeah. So in uh, August, uh, the first weekend of August, the International Reparations Summit, uh, you know, virtual summit that we'll have is, brother, we, we're inviting over 200 guests, mm-hmm. college students, youth, uh, elders, all who have talked to reparations, now let's consolidate the movement. And anybody who's not about consolidating the movement, brother, they're not really about reparation because mm-hmm. we can't have it without unity, brother. And you either either you you ignorant about what you're doing, or you 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 become you are you an agent willingly or unwillingly for reparations for our people. Right. So um, one thing I love about consolidation because a question or argument that's always up in the air is who gets it and who's eligible. For it. Brother, all all black people are eligible for reparation. But what what I will say too, though, brother Eldridge, for me, uh, I'm not looking for reparations for Reginald Muhammad because at the end of the day, I had some opportunities that the masses of our people never had, brother. And so, but uh, Pookie, Ray Ray, Sinead, and them, they deserve 
our time and our attention because they have been systematically locked out, locked under, locked in. Right. So how do you how do you address that reparations? Because all of them ain't going to college, but they should have free vocational training. And at, at that summit, brother, what we should be doing at that summit and the way we have it lined out is that we'll talk about how much black farmers should get in the reparation de- deal, how much HBCUs will get for the reparations, how much voca- free vocational training. We want at least two years for, for all brothers and sisters who are below the poverty level or at risk or whatever you want to call them. Right. They should have that opportunity. Right. And then, too, how much are we going inf- for the infrastructure for, uh, for, for businesses in, in the black community? Dr. King said back in the, probably 1963 that we need at least $50 billion. Dr. King is clear on the reparations question. There, there, there are black people right now saying that they're with Dr. King and uh, they ain't for reparations. Right. Well, but, see, you don't, you don't know that yeah. you haven't gone depth. You know, that with Dr. King. Then. I always say it's very few people I know who truly have studied the philosophy or King or Malcolm X. Yes, sir. And, you know, a lot of people just throw those names out there exactly. and, they, and they see the quotes, but yep. it's very few people who truly studied their philosophy yep. and where they stand. So, um, I love, I, one, I want to be at this uh, summit. Oh, brother, you, you you will be getting invitation as early as next week, brother. And um, the yeah. website goes up and all of that because we're serious about this, brother Eldridge. And then, too, I'm not one of those people be around here 30 years from now. Oh, brother, you see me bent over out of my mind talking about we, we pushing for reparation. Right. We can do this within five to seven years, brother. I believe that. And that's why I want it now. And uh, my cousin Troy, me and my cousin Troy were talking. Troy is a... Um, um, a high level developer for a company called MailChimp. Okay. Um, they get, um, Troy got a lot of money. He makes plenty of money at his job. He's very clear about what he makes. And me and him were talking on the phone because right now he's working, yes, leveraging sir. his talent to build technology to help okay. our people Excellent. go forward. And Troy that. was like, you know, I want my people because he's about to buy a house. Yeah. He said, it saddens me to know that. Half of my people, not just like people I don't know, but yeah. it's even family members, the pookies of the world, yeah. that will never know how this feels. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't have the sight, they don't have the exposure, they don't exactly. have the income. Yeah. And like, I feel you when you say you're not necessarily fighting for reparation for yourself. Yes, sir. You're fighting for our people. Exactly. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So when you say it can happen five to seven years, what does that look like? And is it slow down whether we have Biden or Trump in office? Not really. What what happens, brother, once we come out of this, this national summit for reparations, we clearly have a declaration spelling out what reparations look like. Mm-hmm. Some people have said that as much as um, $20 trillion. You heard um, uh, Bob Johnson, former mm-hmm. BET uh, founder, say uh, $14.2 trillion. trillion and some change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, it's closer to about $19 trillion that they owe us. Because you heard me mention Chairman O'Malley yesterday, stolen black labor, mm-hmm. because he talked about the four point trillion and just stolen labor brother that they never paid us for Mm -hmm. and so bob johnson is talking about closing the wealth gap that's how he comes up with that figure but at the end of the day what it looks like brother it may be uh, a 75 page it may be a 100 page document but we will come out of that because i need to have i'm a political scientist by training right but at the end of the day we will have economists there we will have educators there we will have uh lawyers there we will have historians there we have students working there the working class people that will be invited to this national summit and we will agree upon once we leave that summit 
Keep it check your egos at the door. Come in to do the work on behalf of our people. And we'll be able to lay out systematically what reparations look like. Because, again, there is a uh, there's an economic development portion of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, brother, uh, brother Eldridge, there is a black farmers piece in there. There's a piece for uh, mental health in there. There's a piece for education. So we've got we bring in all those practitioners to the table. Right. And then we're going to spell what reparations look like in, in that end. But it, it, it's about it's about eight areas that we we've got to address uh brother and, and that's how the reparations package but all of our people deserve reparations brother and um don't let anybody tell you that um well the records it, it slavery happened so long ago that we can't even uh we don't know and all of that now brother the um and this is where we got can't let white politicians off the hook joe biden and on down they said well we're going to study reparations reparations has been already been studied brother right i probably got Eight or nine books on reparations just behind us here, but but then brother the and I got it somewhere here in the office. But the Illinois study is a two page volume, uh, I mean uh, five hundred page two volume set on reparations. The internet, I mean the national study on reparations done by the state of Illinois, headed by Dr. Asa Hillard, um, Baba Asa Hillard, um, Conrad Warwell, one of the great warriors who just Rest in just peace. passed. Rest yeah, in last peace. week. Rest in peace. And um, Ivor Carruthers, uh, Dr. J. Carruthers, and a host of them, uh, probably at least 12 scholars, but they have already studied reparations, brother. The most comprehensive study in the United States has been done in the last 10 years is the Illinois study on the transatlantic slave trade. And um, so I'm not, my job is too, brother, not to let them get away with it. And, and my job is too, brother, uh, you want to know what I really want to do. And I am doing, brother, um, praying and getting up working every day uh, on reparations peace is, brother, is that first off, consolidate the movement, mm-hmm. uh, control the narrative, mm-hmm. and then have the national summit uh, for reparations for our people. And then to come out with the declaration, those four points, that's all I'm focused on, brother. So, but, because I can't do it all, but we, we got sisters and brothers who are experts in education and mental health, and they will all be at the summit breaking it down uh, for us to make sure that we get our due. I love it. So we have this summit coming up in August. Um, when do you foresee us having a final product that we can get all of our people behind? Brother, that, that will be... Uh, late August, early September. Early September. So we're, September we're, 2020. Yeah, we're looking at having a full comprehensive. This is what reparation looks Absolutely. like. Absolutely, yes, sir. that's that's so important because that gives us an opportunity to run a hard blitz media campaign Absolutely. on marketing it right before we go into this November election. Exactly, exactly. So, so this is this is very important. So do me a favor. I know our people. We're visual. We want to see it. So we uh, create the document. The document gets approved. Okay. What does the results of reparation look like for black people? The results is that you finally get a people who have been transformed economically, politically, socially, and educationally. And so what that looks like is that you see now in, in major cities around the country, people who needed um, uh, business um, money for businesses, not, not a loan now. We don't need to be giving our people a loan. Here's a, here's a certain amount of money. Once you come through the, the training piece, mm. uh, you develop your business plan and everything else. We know it's comprehensive and everything. Here's your money to do, do the, um, here's the money for your, um, for your small business here right. or your, or your large business, whatever you want to do. Um, the young brothers and sisters that we can identify all over the country, brother, wherever we are, look, let them know. Look here. Oh no, you didn't, you didn't finish high school. No problem. 
Go get your GED. That's paid for. Uh, just you just got to come take the courses. That's paid for. Vocation. What is it that you want to do? You want to do air condition um, um, repair. Uh, you want to do auto, automobile repair. You want to do um, a barber, accountant, whatever you want to do. We've identified a um, hundred different uh, community colleges and centers where you can go and get that training for free. You just go go there. This is what it starts to look like. Then also, Brother Eldridge, it looks like, too, now, politically, uh, what does it look like uh, and why reparations is so important, brother, because it puts us in a footing where we empower. One thing uh, for those who say, well, white folks ain't still ain't going to never vote for y'all to get reparations, brother. But what I'm going to introduce to them, and it's in a 110 page thesis online, you can download it whenever you get a chance. I introduced brother about nine years ago, what is called the collective culture model to actually secure reparations for black people in America. See, it ain't just happen haphazardly. And the other problem in the reparations movement with organizations, you ask them, well, what model and methodology are you going to use to actually get reparations? They can tell you all the atrocities. They can tell you the history of it. They can break all that down. But what model and, and, and methodology are you going to actually use? What system are you going to put in place to actually secure reparations? Mm-hmm. And you, most of them will draw a blank, brother, because they, they haven't developed it at. And so we cannot white, allow white liberals right. that Dr. King talked about. We can't allow them to develop the model or the methodology for us. That has to come from from our people. Yeah. And I we got to We got to have the youth at the table. We got to have the students at the table, professionals, all dialoguing, brother. And that's what the summit is about. And the key is too, brother, how are we going to do that? Uh, brother, brother Eldridge and brother Keith is how are we going to do that, brother. The other thing is that I, I will introduce to them and um, I'll have that finished published by hopefully by the end of the summer. It's called the quadruple base theory. The quadruple base theory. And I know this uh, and I'm not going to give you a whole lot of fluff. No, no, no. no, We ain't going to give you a whole lot of fluff. But what I understand conclusively, brother, for being for doing in the movement for uh, nearly 30 years is that there is a white ruling class, brother, and they respond to economically and politically based on four Four variables or four uh, positions. See, a lot of time we get lost in with this brother Eldridge is that we get lost in protesting, mm-hmm. marching, trying to appeal to their, their human their humanity, make them want them to be civil. They want them to be just, want them to be fair, want them to be equitable. That ain't how the white ruling class make their decisions, though, brother. They make their decisions based on four variables, and I can prove it. And so many times I can prove it with the uprisings that are out here now. But brother, the four variables that they they make their decision on. Will it enhance or ill affect, number one, their power base, number two, their profit base, number three, their policy base, and number four, their privilege base? All of their economic and political decisions are based on those four variables. And when I say white people, and I'm not being silly, I'm talking about a white ruling class at the international level, national level, and at the local level. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about here in Atlanta, how do Atlanta politicians, the, the, the politicians and the uh, elected officials make all the decisions? What Arthur Blank want and Bernie Marcus? This is true. That's a segment of the white ruling class right the here Buckhead in Atlanta. Buckhead Coalition. Yeah, Buckhead Coalition, absolutely. Right, right, right. And, and, and Tom this, Cousins and all of them. And yeah. this is why I tell, pe- I tell people, yeah, Mary Norris, she, you know, she knew Mary Buckhead. Yeah. And, and I tell people, if you look at how our legislators work, yeah. Look at what they putting out. Yeah. For us to be right here in Atlanta, a stadium tearing down historically black churches. Yeah. Right across the street from the bluff. Yeah. 
when we built that stadium, the bluff didn't get anything. Yeah, exactly. Then we come back and build a bridge for twenty three point five million. Yeah, exactly. A bridge. Yeah. That all it does is walk us from yeah. the train station yeah. to your season ticket holders Absolutely. section. Exactly. That's a uh, pure evidence that your legislators are not working for you. Absolutely. They're working for, like you say, the white superior power. That that white ruling class right here in Atlanta, brother, they make decisions. Look how raggedy the damn streets are around here, even down around the stadium and all throughout the city. But you give a billion dollars to a billionaire. Right. See, and again, and and where's where's the jobs and skills program that you could have implemented? Where is it that, that you could have you could have said, well, the, any worker, non-administrative worker for the city, I'm giving you a minimum of fifteen to eighteen dollars an hour. You wouldn't do that. In fact, you say you you couldn't you don't have the money. Sewer situation in in Atlanta. Uh, you don't have the money to that, but you find a billion dollars for a billionaire. And then recently, you're talking about the the um, the Beltline, the most expensive damn sidewalk anywhere in the country. Sidewalk, bro. This is true. But we got a mayor named Then the Keisha. Gulch. Then the Gulch. We got a mayor named Keisha, though. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's social symbolic, bro. That's another term you ain't going to find in no book, brother. Mm-hmm. And your people ain't going to find in the book. It's social symbolic. See, th- what they realize about black people, brother, that we some of us have not matured. So here, uh, Kasim Reed, he leaves the, he leaves the uh, office, brother. And so what did he give the black community? Uh, what, what what did he give the white community and the white ruling class? He gave off the blank a stadium because mm-hmm. he did all the dirty work for blank to get the stadium. Mm-hmm. He took he, and then he gives he us gave them the, uh, shelter. Yeah. He gave them our shelter. Absolutely. And he gave us a a, 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 a statue of Holyfield. That ain't been in the rain in 30 years. Damn. See, this is what I'm talking about. The social symbolic piece. See, we so happy because we got a black mayor. But hell, we've had black males for 40 years here, brother. And we have one of the highest poverty rate among black people anywhere in the nation, right here in the city of Atlanta, brother. And out, it's the five to 7,000 homeless people in Atlanta, 80% of them are black people, brother. Mm. It's true. It's so true. all of damn, all of them have sold out, brother. At the end of the day, they, most of them have sold out, brother. I agree with you. And I mean, yeah, all you doing is echoing what we said. Say, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, exactly. I just wanted the people to hear from me, from you. Yeah, they always hear from me, and they say I be being too hard on them. So thank no, you. No, 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 uh, brother. I'm, I <laughs> teach this, uh, brother, in um, during the school year. So it ain't just because I'm here at the think tank talking. Right. But I say this in public. I ain't worried about no job. I ain't worried about no money or nothing else, brother. Right. So don't have none of those, brother. I want to. Uh, <laughs> Keith, Keith, he ain't got a mic, but I'm gonna let you, you say. Question. Yes, sir. Uh, speak to the black and the white ruling class. Uh-huh. How will the black ruling class affect our fight for reparations? Well, it, 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 there is a myth of a black ruling class, but brother, we don't have a black ruling class. We have what I call the black petty bourgeoisie. Mm. The black petty bourgeoisie, but they're not part of the ruling class. They they ain't calling no decisions. You ain't got no no black people in Atlanta making no major decisions. When I talk about the economic and political decisions, now, yeah, they gonna they gonna say that they gonna give you a gala, a holiday gala, and a good party and everything else. They are gonna do that. See, that's social symbolic, brother. But when you start talking about substance work and 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 public policy, because this is about public policy at the end of the day. You, you don't have blacks who are part of the ruling class. In fact, at the national level, uh, you don't have blacks who are part of the ruling class. Oprah's a billionaire, but she ain't part, she ain't making no decisions about public policy or foreign policy in this, in this country. At all. So, um, but the black petty bourgeoisie brother, 
they're, they're being forced because the masses of the people are saying we want reparations. And, and now too, because segments of the white ruling class is acceptable conversation. It's not looked upon as some extreme militant thing. Now they're saying, Oh, you know, I support the study of reparations, but the Kanye's bill has been around over 30 years, brother, brother Eldridge. Right. But most of the black, uh, 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 congressional black caucus didn't support the Kanye's bill, but now all of a sudden they are because it's come up from them, from the masses of the people and the working people have decided this is what we want. And if you're going to stay in power now, you're going to now at least these Negroes are claiming that, uh, well, we, we want to study reparation, but, but if Allah blesses us, brother, we going I'm going to push them to say, no, not, not only are you studying reparations. In fact, we're not even going to allow them to get off the hook with that. No, the declaration is coming out. You're going to sign off and say you in support of the uh, reparation. And then you're going to push reparation in the way of legislation. Can I uh, ask a question? Yes, where, sir. where does the minister stand on uh, reparation? Oh, brother, the minister has been in the forefront of the reparations movement, brother. So he gives the largest 19, uh, no, in, um, 1990, he had the old Omni Hotel, mm-hmm. um, well, the old Omni um, Arena they had here. Well, in 1990, Minister Farrakhan gives a speech, and it's called Add It Up. And if you j- just Google that clip on YouTube, if you get a chance to get your people, Add It Up. Add we'll, it up. we'll put it in our show yeah. notes. And, um, but you see that, brother? And the minister walks you through uh, in about seven minutes what reparations. And he's got a full house that night of, of uh, about 13,000 people. And But he's been very clear on the reparations movement. And then he's been in support of uh, in Cobra financially. Mm-hmm. Others, Dr. Conrad Worrell, good friends of the minister. In fact, uh, last year at in Cobra at the National Convention, they gave the minister the Lifetime Achievement Award because he had always been consistent on reparations. And then he's helped fund the movement, brother, mm-hmm. with Cobra and anybody else who was talking reparations. So it's when we get this um, declaration. Yes, sir. That we all are on board. We have consolidated. It's a potential we can see another calling of the masses together, a march, people coming together just to really show one as a country, we're all together on this platform. Yes, sir. And to put the pressure, put a, could we see something like that coming? Yes, brother. If that's what will take brother, I'm willing to do it and call the people that I know, um, um, to, to back us in this. And right. again, everybody's invited. Uh, Reverend Sharpton is going to be invited to the national summit. Uh, uh, the minister is going to be invited. Uh, Jesse, everybody, uh, urban league, brother, um, ADOS, uh, in Cobra, all the organization, chairman O'Malley, he's an elder now, brother, but they all will be invited. Now, some of them don't want, won't come brother or attend the, the virtual summit because the egos is in the way. Right. Well, who is resident Muhammad to call a summit? But the key is, brother, is that um, we'll leave that summit, brother, and again, spelling out what reparations look like. That had never happened historically before, brother. That's what's what's key about this. Your generation and my children will benefit from reparations. I'm not pushing for reparations for Reginald Muhammad, but my children and great-grandchildren will finally get – they don't have to come back and revisit this over 100 years. We've been talking reparations, brother, for over 100 years. Yeah, yeah. I do do think the time is now. I got a a question as well. Yes, sir. Um, So – like you said, right now the climate is not a militant thing. So people are on our side. You got businesses yeah. giving us a lot of symbolic praise. Yeah. Um, what is our assignment to our quote unquote allies? How can they help us get reparations? Well, 
let them know that that declaration is coming out and to push their Congress people to, to pass the legislation because we're going to ask for uh, probably $19 trillion, uh, Brother Eldridge, and $19 trillion can be spread out economically, politically, socially, and educationally, and culturally and in dealing with the men- mental health pe- of our people. How uh, long would that last? How long, if brother, we we may spread that out for for a decade or two decades, and then too, it may not come in all forms of money. Oh, right. the other thing that I that I almost missed, brother Keith, is that if we're not talking about millions of acres of land that they owe us, brother. Mm. And Minister right. Farrakhan said this: it's a compromise and it's a sellout. If we if we don't. Get some states out of this, brother, or millions of acres of land, brother, because all liberation is about land, brother. Right. So I'm a Floyd, man. You know, my uh, cousin Johnny Floyd, he always say, if you don't control the dirt, you can't make it work. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> ask your uncle, can I use that, brother? Use ask, it, ask, I like that, bro. So, like, I'm with now, the that's land. real, though. No, that's- for real. So, like, where, where do we get the land from? Are we taking it like South Africa were taking it back from the white people? Or where, where are we getting the land from? Brother, we work this for free. So this is our land anyway. We just have Congress and, 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 uh, and, uh, the Congress and, and the government understand, well, here the, the millions, and it might, it might be, I don't know, it may be a hundred million acres of land that they owe us, brother. And right. they have that in the United States. Right. There might be some states, brother, because they can do this too, brother. Because think about this. If you can go up and set up the state of Israel mm. and pay for them, brother. Yeah, brother, and if you and you, some people say, "Well, man, I ain't about that separation piece." Brother, you already separated. Absolutely, you already separated. Brother, you can't. If you go to Utah right now, you got to go and deal with Mormon Mormon culture, right? Because that's the public policy out there. There's certain things you can't do in Utah that you can do in Georgia and around the country, brother, because the Mormons got the state of uh, Utah locked down. So, and then two, brother, think about it in what this context. What would be our states? Huh? What would be our states? We have to decide that, brother, because you it's, it's some, it's some of the states in right some, now. some, which, some which of the, well, some of them, we, we probably talking about South Carolina. We talking about Georgia, okay. Mississippi, <laughs> Alabama, Florida, where I'm from, mm-hmm. because we, we already have the populations there, brother Eldridge. Right. We don't have to go and move nowhere. Somebody said, well, what, y'all, y'all going to isolate yourself somewhere by yourself? See, we sometimes we real silly about this, brother. Mm-hmm. And no, 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 we already in, in the states, over 52% of, and the new census coming out, it'll probably show 55% of all black people in America live in the, in the South anyway. Mm-hmm. So we just got to start acting like we in, in control, brother, and, and come like we're free and independent and and are not afraid, brother. But you know our people suffer from caucophobia, the collective fear, intimidation of European people, or those who classify themselves as Caucasian, white, Aryan, or Jewish. Caucophobia, the collective fear, intimidation of European people, or those who classify themselves as Caucasian, white, Aryan, or Jewish. And that's how a no, lot of no, our people... You talking about my uncle. That is stone. <laughs> that right there, cockophobia. I'm about to put no, that No, no, we, 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 we suffer <laughs> from that, brother. Because think about this, Brother Eldridge and, and Brother Keith uh, and my sister. Think about this. When you have a people that have been systematically traumatized, terrorized, tortured, and tormented for centuries. Traumatized, terrorized, tortured, and, and um, for centuries. And you say you're free. There's some damage, brother, that's been done, that reparation. This is why we got to have that mental health piece in there, brother Eldridge, because if we don't address that, brother, our people are so afraid of, of European people, we can't even correct them, brother. We won't, we can't even reject them. We think we can't live without. With all the killing that's going on, right. brother was on the line a couple of weeks ago, um, 
well, brother, y'all talking about uh, separating or y'all talking about, uh, well, how are we going to do something on our own like that? Right, right. Now, here we Negroes got degrees and everything, and they done built the white man's country and every discipline. But all of a sudden now, now you got a you got a big old degree in met in, in, in biology. Why don't biology work for you and your people then? Right. It's it's almost like these skill sets don't work outside of their infrastructure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how they feel. And that's uh, that fear, brother. Yeah. That's that, that's, fear. that's that's the fear. And that's why that's why I love um you know, me and Sharif, we click so well that we buy black. Yeah. Just, you know, trying to do everything for self. You yep. know what I'm saying? Replace. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely everything yep. that we believe that we need from there. We can do it on our own. So. And we already doing it, brother. We just too afraid to say, you know what? All self-respecting people, people who are self-determining, self-defining, self-developing and self-defending, they do this automatically. Right. The Jewish people, uh, brother, the native, uh, the some of the native people, and then some of the Asian people, they do it anyway. But bro- brother, it's in our DNA that fear. I told you about caucophobia. Mm-hmm. But brother, it's in our DNA, brother, that we we will always look out for them. When I said you asked me about blacks who don't support reparations, they fear what white response is because again, brother Eldridge, um, I'm gonna give you an example here in Atlanta, caucophobia. Um, Kasim Reed couldn't tell. Couldn't tell Arthur Blank, look here, wait a minute, what's the quid pro quo going to be on this now? If if I give you the stadium, really what black people are going to get? In fact, that's not a good deal. Go back and work the deal if we're going to do anything at all. See, Maynard Jackson would do that, and he right. did that. Right. But these Negroes now today, they so fearful white people, he couldn't tell Arthur Blank, you know what, this is not a good deal. In fact, I'm not even going to do the deal unless you put here 10 things black people better get in the deal. Right. And how you know black people suffer from caucophobia? If the inability to correct them, critique them, criticize them, or tell them to go to hell. Hey. That, that's, that's how you know. Because think about it, Brother Eldridge. We do that with each other all day, oh, yeah. male and female. If it ain't a good deal, and then I keep bringing it to you and harassing you with it. Yeah. Say, bro, wait a minute. I already told you, man. Like, back up off. Get, up off, get up off you, man. Right, 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 right. So, hey, look, we are we are here. First of all, to the listeners, as promised, we told you we we're going to give y'all that real debt where reparation is. But uh, in closing, I got my last question for you. Um, right now, we are talking to all black people. Yes, sir. Um, they're listening. Yes, sir. They're alert. They're aware. This is your call to action to them. Okay. Why? Do we get behind right there in the camera? Why do we get behind reparations? Brother, if we truly want to transform black people educationally, politically, socially, economically, and culturally, we will support reparations. We've tried everything since our sojourn here in America. What we have not gotten and what other nations have gotten to rebuild and restore and repair the damage that was done to them was reparations. Why is it that the black man and woman would not ask for reparations? Because of the fear or the ignorance. And again, if we get behind reparations and I can't give you anything, but what I can do is give you my word. I can give you my word that Reginald Muhammad will not sell out. We won't compromise. They ain't got nothing they can offer me, life or death or money-wise, that will compromise me in the reparations movement for our people, brother. I've been tried and tested, brother. Been to their best colleges and universities, had corporate jobs, former military officer. 
we don't have no money or no no job right now, but working for on behalf of our people. But if we support this reparations movement again, we consolidate the movement, brothers and sisters. We consolidate the movement. We control the narrative because we that's key. That becomes key and critical. And then number number three, we do the uh, national reparations summit, and then two, we come out of there with a declaration spelling what reparations look like. That has never never happened historically. But if you want to change the condition of black people. Five, ten years where you see some tangible things happen. I ain't talking about a bunch of damn theory. I'm talking about you see people's lives change and influence. Because right now, you got millions of people in survival mode, brother. And when you're in survival mode, you cut corners. Right. Because at the end of the day, I got to get paid, man. Right. Right. Well, people, you heard it here. Um, We're telling y'all right now. We not we don't need reparations tomorrow, next month, next year, next election. We need reparations now, and this is our call to action. We want you to get involved, get involved with this movement, and make it happen. So, like we always say, we love y'all, we need y'all, but most important, we can't wait to see y'all next week. This has been the Just Over Podcast.